Hey, you guys, welcome back to Holy Metal. This is a podcast that works to spread the influence of Christian metal all across the globe. I am your returning host, Bradley Biggs. I'm super excited to be here because today, 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 we get to do something very fun. Uh, We're going to sit down and discuss an album that I think you guys really need to hear. It deserves to be talked about, and honestly, if you're into Christian metal, you've probably listened to this release by now, Uh, but if you haven't, it's it's definitely up there. I would suggest um, you go check it out right after listening to this, or right before you start this, I suppose, whichever sounds more appealing to you. Um, So before I dive into sort of my album review, I can't say I'm crazy about that word because it sounds, I don't know, it just sounds a little too cold and distant for what I like to do. But before I dive into the spotlighting of the album, I want to give you guys a little bit of a historical context. So I was reading some, some interesting articles this morning about the formation of the early Christian church. And I learned about what the, the very first followers of the way had to do in order to preserve their faith and continue to meet together when uh, emperors of Rome in the first century were doing nothing but persecuting Christians. And it was reiterated to me the value that storytelling bore in ancient Jewish culture. And there were a couple reasons for this. Um, I learned, interestingly enough, that the literacy rate in ancient Israel was between 5 and 15%. So very few people uh, knew how to read. Reading was not necessarily the first method of communication for the transmission of information. Um, everything was passed down through stories. That was how uh, the, these biblical narratives were preserved. That was how Jewish people learned about their faith was through um, transmitted stories. And so that sounds weird. Maybe just stories. Um, and similarly, right, there were, there were scribes who actually wrote, you know, the scripture down and made copies of it. And these copies were often uh, stored in like the main temple in Jerusalem or throughout various synagogues, right? We have, um, we have record, I believe it's, let's see, Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke 4 verse 17, where Jesus is uh, preaching in the synagogue just as he's starting his ministry, reading the scroll of Isaiah to the people. There were copies of scripture um, in various synagogues, but the problem was very few people knew how to read. And so that was why they relied on religious leaders to give them this information, which by the way, this is totally off topic. But when I was reading Luke 4, 17, I thought it was strange. I I don't know if anyone considered that it was a little bit weird that Jesus, who they knew to be a carpenter, was reading. He knew how to read. It just, it doesn't seem like the pieces should add up there given his background um, that he would have been well-educated, but we know that Jesus grew up in the temple. Obviously Jesus is the son of God. He knows how to read, but it's just for people who didn't yet recognize that he was the Messiah. I wonder if that was a little bit of a, a twist, a plot twist for them. But anyway, that's just my weird thoughts. And this is my very roundabout way of posing a question to you guys that I really want you to sit and ponder for a minute. Given the importance of listening in ancient Jewish and early Christian culture, I want to know which albums do you keep in your proverbial temple? And what I mean by that is when things get really tough, 
and you're going through a hard time, what, what do you pull from musically in order to get you through that? I think it's really important to consider because uh, in many ways, I believe we are what we listen to. Maybe not the complete product of what we listen to, but it certainly plays a valuable role in how we process things. And so with that in mind, I'm really excited to get into the album that I want to highlight today. This is what I want to do with all of the albums that I, that I talk about, is essentially give you guys a glimpse into my temple, into what I keep closest to my heart to not only help me through tough times, but uh, to pull for instruction about our Lord and uh, worship. So today we're going to be talking about a band that I've loved for many years now, Impending Doom. And their most recent EP titled Hellbent. While I could very easily launch into the long list of reasons why this is a brilliant album, from a more objective standpoint, talking solely about the music and the instrumental qualities, I think there's more to this. And that's more so what I want to focus on. I mean, I could go into how amazing the breakdowns are and how absolutely brutal the vocals are. But I want to talk about the meaning behind the masterpiece. So take all of this with a grain of salt, because what I gain from it may not necessarily be what you do. I have a lot of friends who are musicians or songwriters, and I've heard them say that they'll put out a track that, you know, months, weeks, months down the road, someone will approach them and say, hey, man, thank you so much for writing this song it really helped to hear what you went through during your breakup. It really helped me through mine. And it's one of those situations where you just have to look at them and say, man, I'm really glad it helped you, but that's not actually what I wrote about. And so music, again, is perceived through the lens of our experiences, which I think is a very beautiful thing because that reflects the intimate workings of God. God uses our experiences sometimes to help us, and sometimes it's to help other people. And in this case, I hope what I have to say will bring you inspiration and make you want to check out this album. So Hellbent, to me, was a breath of fresh air in this weird decade we're living in. Uh, For me, it just, it brought a sense of sanity, I think, in the midst of what we're experiencing on a national level, as well as an international level, just with COVID and all the wild and crazy stories that that's ushered in with it. And again, I'm not going to make this record out to be one that's solely about COVID. I just think it, it definitely calls to what is important in a time where there's just so much craziness. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not going to make this record out to be solely about COVID. I just found it very refreshing given all the negative news that we hear these days and the feelings that arise from that. And so rather than talking about how the record sounds, I mean, I think most of us here have an understanding of impending doom. Um, I'm not going to say we know what to expect because they definitely do uh, pull some things kind of out of their sleeve that you're not expecting. But I think we all know what we hope for in an impending doom release. And so I hope that gets you to check it out because uh, you're definitely in for a treat. 
In my opinion, it, it definitely grinds more than it sprints, which I think emphasizes the magnitude of what the band is actually saying. So there seems to be a rise in the number of Christians who really truly believe that we are living in the end times and that with what we're seeing happen in the world is uh, indicating that we are living through the mark of the beast. And I know it's surprising because sometimes it really feels like that, but guys, we have to remember that by the time the mark of the beast becomes relevant, we're already going to be long gone, right? Those who belong to Christ will already be taken away. And it's really, really refreshing to hear hints of that truth iterated on tracks like Satanic Panic and New World Horror. I think while Satanic Panic is a really solid opening track, I, w- I really want to focus on New World Horror because this is by far my favorite song uh, on the EP itself, and it's, it's the one for me that really brought a sense of conviction and pride in my faith. This one is just full of so many great lines. For example, The devil's horns are mistaken for peace. Complacency will be our downfall. It's just amazing. I think from start to finish again, it's my favorite on the release. It's, it's grounded scripturally in that it brings to mind verses like Matthew 10, 28 that say, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, the soul, excuse me, rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. It even reminds me of Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's hard to read that Bible verse now and not wrap it. (laughs) It's just difficult. But this song reminds me that at times it feels like we're living in a world where Zephaniah 1.12 still applies. The verse that says, at that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. If this track shows one thing, it's that it's impossible to stay lukewarm. And so moving on, we have the song Culture of Death. And for this one, sometimes as a Christian, it's, it's difficult to be in the world, but not of it especially when we see the evils that go on on a daily basis. It's not that we're necessarily the ones out there committing these terrible sins. I mean, every sin is equal in the eyes of God. It's not like we're the ones making the headlines necessarily all the time. But it's really difficult when we read the headlines to not have that sense of just absolute anger and bitter resentment just well up inside of us. I truly believe there's such a thing as righteous anger. And as long as we're channeling the, our, our anger into a righteous sort of anger t- toward things that are truly evil, I don't believe that is a sin. But this song, I think, does a really great job of summing up what that feels like. To know that we are on this planet, in this country, in this culture, where you know, that, that essentially just thrives on sin and toxicity. This culture that rushes head, you know, that just dives headfirst into the wages of sin. And we know what those are. It brings to mind the very definition of temptation found in James 1, 14 through 15. 
It says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And this is why it's so important that we, like Moses, according to Hebrews eleven twenty four through 25, must choose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Rather than revel in this culture that we're in. I think this EP, again, this is another just kind of a side that's going through my mind. It's, it's a nice summation of theology mixed with the feelings associated with the time we're living in. And I would add on to that the subjective experience of being, <coughs> excuse me, of being a believer in an evil world. Sometimes as Christians, we convince ourselves that our feelings don't really have a place, that they're irrelevant or inaccurate or deceitful. And to a certain extent, I agree. I think emotions don't necessarily represent, or they're not, not always rooted in the reality of Christ's redemptive love for us. But I don't think these feelings are completely irrelevant. I don't think we're incorrect for feeling things. Our feelings can actually move us in directions that bring us much closer to the Lord. It prevents our hearts from being hardened like Pharaoh. <laughs> we still feel feelings. And so that makes them valid and real, regardless of whether or not it's an accurate representation of what's going on at the time. And again, for me, this is just purely for me. You might have gotten something totally different from the title track, but I believe Hellbent is a good example of this. It, uh, it brings to mind just countless verses that have to do with the theme of reaping and sowing. Galatians 6, 7 through 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, Proverbs 22, 8. But I think the best way to sum up this song is found in Job chapter 4, verse 8. It reads, As I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. They do a fantastic job of portraying this musically. The final track is I Must End. It's, uh, it's appropriate, I guess, to place this at the very end of the EP. This is a song I listen to, and I, like... I just picture Moses. Like, I picture this coming from the mind of Moses. Possibly when he came down from Mount Sinai, right, to discover that the Israelites were just off worshiping the golden calf and completely turning away from the Father. This is a song that's just fueled by righteous anger. And similarly, I felt this way. I think many of us have when we're around maybe a group of believers, maybe it's a, it's a church or a Bible study or just a friend group, co-workers maybe. When we're around a group of believers that willingly fall into sin and chase after it, I know I've felt that. And so when I hear this song, it brings those feelings to mind. The, the release overall totally amps me up because, and, and it doesn't necessarily bring thoughts of like the best shining moments in my faith or in the world to mind, but I think there's still value. I think there's incredible value 
in looking at the negative things we experience and trying to draw insight, excuse me, trying to draw insight from them. So again, I think while the EP isn't blatantly rooted in scripture, it doesn't necessarily quote it or use the name of Jesus, you know, all of that aside, because I think that is really what I measure a great Christian metal album being. I think this goes a little bit further. It's not limited to just Jesus, Jesus Christ is the way, truth, and life. Um, it has to do with a lot of very real experiences that may not necessarily be quotable from the Gospels. And so I'm not going to lead you guys astray by falsely saying that this is an album that I've shelved away uh, for future use. I really do mean that. And I think you need to hear it for yourself because, man, does it pack a punch. I mean, this, this new release is absolutely show-stopping. And it, it shows a very clear belief in God's promise to hold the wicked accountable. And so I really, I want to thank Impending Doom for releasing Hellbent. Please, I'm going to stop talking so you can go check it out. Uh, please go stream it on your preferred <laughs> preferred platform. Man, I can never get that straight. Go check it out wherever it's available. I don't need to tell you to do this. You know how to do this. Go check it out. And uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. This has been fantastic. I'm really glad we got to talk about this today. Um, and I look forward to being back. I look forward to giving you guys more music to check out and to hopefully store in your temple. Thank you guys. And we will see you next time. God bless.